in that regard. It is September 14th, my guy. How are we doing? Uh, doing good. Could have been doing better, um, but Yanks ended up beating the Twins yesterday, which usually we'll happens back. when the Yankees play the Twins. You know, the Yankees don't really lose to the Twins very often. No, unfortunately, that's not for something Twins they're fans, used to. But, <laughs> so it's a little scary, but we did come back and win, so that was pretty nice. It was a make-up rain date game, so always for like sure, to win sure. those. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What, uh, what was your favorite thing you saw this past week? Um, so last week, well, first team clinched a postseason spot. Giants. Again, in the yeah. beginning of the season, who would have thought the Giants would be the first team to clinch a postseason spot? But they did it at home against the Padres, who are trying to hang on to that wild card. Yeah. So that was kind of like a punch in the face to San Diego, too. Um, first time the Giants were in the postseason since 2016. So congrats yeah. on them. Um, that was the year that they beat you guys in the wild card. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they had Bumgarner. Right? I think he went the distance. Yeah. I remember that game. Right. So uh, it's been a while. You know what I mean? It doesn't seem like it's been like five years, but I guess it has. So. Um, yeah, it's funny. I, I was thinking how much, at first I was gonna be like, oh, that's a pretty different team, but like, no, that really, like, really <laughs> was a very similar team to this one. Like, really? Same, yeah. That's and everything. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, so man, go Giants. You know. <laughs> guess so well yeah. um for me i i thought that mets yankee series this past weekend was awesome even yeah friday night was a blowout saturday night we ended up blowing towards the end but sunday night was awesome man sunday night was back and forth and frankie and stanton were getting into it <laughs> it was like which i love i feel like there's never really been mets yankees beef other than like that Clemens Piazza um, incident, but like it was fun. It, it really had like a, I, I mean, the ballpark seemed electric. Like it really had a, mm. an epic feel to it. Man, I feel like that's the best Sunday night baseball game we've had in a long time, like years probably. Yeah. Um, you know, I agree. I love the trash talk. I love whatever they were doing um, because you know what? Even though the bench was cleared, there was no physical altercations. So it was just all good fun. Um, yeah. And listen, the situation was what it was. There's never anything. You never know what happened. The whistling, whatever happened. Well, but, um, apparently John Boy dropped like a 15-minute breakdown on it. And I only watched a few minutes of it. But he was yeah. saying there seemed to be some evidence there that something was going on. But yeah, I didn't watch I mean, all of it, so I, I can't get into it too much. But I don't know. I didn't, even, I didn't get to see that. But you know what? It was just it all came up for a good situation, you know what I mean? Because Stanton's yeah. running the bases, whatever he said. Um, and I think they both handled it the right way after the game too, which is always important to yeah. like when Dora wasn't standing there being like, Oh, well they definitely, cause like he didn't know. And Stanton was also like, you know, I said what I said. And when Dora came up and he did it and I didn't get the job done when I hit in the ninth. So like they did the right thing both ways, I think. So it was a yeah. pretty cool situation. Know. I don't know if I've ever seen someone stop running on their home run shot. <laughs> Santa literally stopped and just started barking at Lindor and was like walking yeah. the third. That was kind of, I had never seen that before. That was kind of funny, but. Hey, listen too. that's, um, that's two guys too. They're going to be around here for a while in New York. So oh, yeah. this rivalry might be around for a while now because 
don't forget, like Stanton's in New York. I don't know for another nine years, maybe ten years, just like Lindor is. So, oh yeah, that's going to be pretty interesting as well. The no, they're sticking years. around. They're not going anywhere. Yeah. So, shift <laughs> yeah. into uh, we had some some news this week. Um, well, first off, Yankees announcing like their main infield construction for the remainder of the season. So, nothing nothing too shocking. It's going to be Rizzo and Voit. Sharing first, Glaber second, Geo at shortstop, and DJ at third. So, any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I feel like um, obviously there were some glaring errors by Glaber in the Mets series that you probably noticed um, at shortstop. So, they decided that they're going to move him to second. And I think this also has to do with next year because there's a lot of big free agent shortstops out there and the Yankees are probably going to go after at least one of them. And they also did this because they want to, they were kind of seeing some stress build up with Glaber after these errors, thinking maybe they move him back to second. It'll wake up the bat a little bit more. Like he had been when he was the major, like when he was the second baseman every day, he hit 38 homers in a season. So I don't necessarily think it's a bad idea. Obviously, Gio is a great defender at third, but he hasn't given you any reason to believe he won't be good at short when he's played there this year. So I feel like this is a smart move all around. We'll see if it wakes up Glaber's bat, but I also do feel like it's more so for next season because, you know, you got Corey Seager, Trevor Story, um, all these free agent shortstops out there. The Yankees are obviously going to try to get one of them, and it would make more sense to get a guy like Seager or Story there who's more sound defensively than Glaber is. It's just right. plain and simple. That's the fact. Glaber hasn't been great defensively, and – uh so that's going to be the rest of the year. So we'll see if it wakes this bat up. I hope so. Yeah, and curious, and like kind of like you're saying, curious to see how that changes going into next yeah. year, free agents. Definitely. But, yeah. um, Max Scherzer got his 3,000 strikeout there night against San Diego. His stats over eight games for the Dodgers: six and zero, o eighty eight ERA, seventy two strikeouts to five walks. I mean, wow. I mean, it's what they what they were looking for. Man. I don't know if they thought it'd be this good. Fucking Padres, man. They must hate that. <laughs> that was, Dude, I for, oh, I, I mean, forgot he uh, almost went there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Plus, Dude. he did this this against the Padres this game. He got the 3,000 strikeout against them. Pretty sure it was Eric Hosmer. Plus, in that game, he had a perfect game going into the eighth inning, I think. Dude. Um, and what was kind of cool, though, was that he struck out Eric Hosmer for the 3,000 strikeout, and then Eric Hosmer broke up the perfect game later on. So hmm. that's kind of cool, I guess. Yeah. Obviously, you would love to see the perfect game, but like, kind of revenge there a little bit. So that was kind of cool. I was talking to a friend about this the other day. How do you feel about Scherzer's, like, like uber competitiveness when, like, Dave Roberts is, like, um, back, good job, and Scherzer's, like, don't have to touch me. Like... <laughs> What do you think it's too much, or is it Man, just kind of like you gotta accept it? I just feel like you gotta accept it because it's part of the reason why he's so good. Because yeah. like if you see him any other day, he's like a normal dude. Like he's joking around with guys in the clubhouse. He's a good interview. Like he's it seems like a normal enough guy. But when that day comes, man, it's like he's a completely different person. But I mean, he's thirty-seven years old and he's been doing this his whole career. So I feel like you gotta just fucking live with it. I mean, even I guess though, so. I just I. Yeah, there are some crazy clips of him out there. He, the guy is a madman, but oh yeah, I guess if it works. But speaking of old guys, 
Nelson Cruz became the oldest player to ever hit 30 home runs, age 41. Man, this dude never stops hitting. I mean, I don't know what no, he's going to say. Perennially over, over, ugh, I can't speak. Underrated. <laughs> Absolutely. Every year, uh, 30 bombs, 90 RBIs. Dude, this dude reminds me of like Tom Brady. Like, he's going to just, like, mm. I feel like he's going to take care of himself for so long. And like, he's 41 years old and he just hit 30 homers. It's like Tom Brady winning the Super Bowl last year. What age was he? Like, 44, 45. Oh, yeah. I don't even know how old he was, but um, I mean, the way that Cruz swings too, like his swing is so good. Like it doesn't change ever. I feel like he could do this for another four or five years easily. Um, who knows if yeah. it'll happen, but like, he's not like he's slowing down. He's as good now as he was 10 years ago. So um, congrats for him because uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he continues to break this record every year, the next few years. So Yeah, no, definitely not. Vlad yeah. uh, <laughs> Jr. has taken over. The MLB home run lead with 45. The one he 45. hit last night, I don't know if you saw it. <laughs> it like, it was like a line drive. Like yeah. it barely slipped over the wall. It was hit like a rocket. But is he is he your MVP? Or is it still like Otani or someone else? Oh, my God. I mean, uh, man, if the Blue Jays get a playoff spot, it's going to be hard to – to vote against him, but like Otani is just doing both. It's just I don't know, man. What about you? It's such a tough call. Like I really don't know. No, for me, it's still, it's still Otani because you could take away Otani's pitching and I'd still think about giving it to him. But the fact he pitches is just like you know. But we've gotten into it, but like yeah, it's it's too much to overcome. But it's one of the most historic seasons ever. So I guess. I would have to say Otani, but Vladdy, man, any other season, he's got to No, that's the, the thing. Like, like, it doesn't take away from Vlad at all. He just no. picked, like, the wrong time. But, uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But uh, to be fair, though, he's 22. So he might have right. his he's got time. next, like, 10 yeah. years. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, a couple other things. Seattle has been announced to host the 2023 All-Star Game and Home Run Derby. Kind of cool. I don't think it's ever been there. Mm-hmm. It has. It was there in two thousand one. I 2001? think. Two thousand one. Okay. Saw, and it might have been there like way early on when they were like a different team back in the day. Like I forget the name that they used to be. Right. They were, yeah, they weren't the Mariners, but um, yeah, I think it's cool though. Um, obviously we know that that the game is in LA upcoming in twenty twenty two. Yeah. So um, yeah, I think it'll be cool. Seattle, like it's a nice ballpark. It'll be cool for like the whole nation to really see it um plus that could probably be when they're like here dude like now they're pushing that postseason spot but like two years from now we'll see what happens but they could be the divisional like they could be the powerhouse in the west so we'll see that would be kind of cool though good time perfectly yeah and last little bit going back to old guys again ryan braun has officially announced his retirement so 14 year career Remember, he won MVP in 2011, although that was disputed, controversial. But, yeah. I mean, some great numbers here. He was the Brewers' all-time home run leader, six-time All-Star. So, and Listen, I mean, you know, there's going to be controversy surrounding him um, always, and it's going to carry him around forever. 
Yeah. Um, but I think that after all that happened, even though he didn't handle it the right way to begin with, um, after a few years, he started to kind of relax, I feel like, and just be himself again and show that the steroids wasn't the only reason why he was so good. Um, because he, he ended up being like a great veteran in the clubhouse. Obviously, you saw with like a guy like Yelich when Yelich came in from Miami. Yeah. Um, they got along great. Um, Braun was just a great guy with the community too. And again, it's not discounting any of the steroid use, but, um, mm. you know, like you said, he has great career numbers. Um, he has 1,963 career hits. He was so close to 2000. I wish yeah. he would have got that, but, yeah. um, and he was also a great postseason hitter, man. He hit 330 in the playoffs, um, mm. with an 859 OPS over 27 career playoff games. He led the Brewers to the NLCS in 2011 and 2018. So, um, he was so close to the World Series those years, too. Um, yeah. And he also was the Rookie of the Year in 2007, way back in the day. Okay. I think that might have been when he played third base or something like oh, that. Oh, I know he, he played, played a third position base. Okay. Gotcha. So, um, yeah, um, great career. Yeah. I don't I don't have, like, fond memories of him, but I do remember, like, when I was, like, 10, 11 and, like, starting to get into baseball, he was definitely one of, the, like, those names that was up there. Like, with, like, the, yeah. I don't know, Adrian Beltre and – uh Tulowitzki, just guys like that were kind of like in their primes when i was starting to follow the league so yeah definitely yeah. that's where i associated um, with him with but absolutely i remember the days back in the day he would face like that was when bueno was first big in the league too um yeah that was back when johnny cueto was like the red's ace so he was versing them a lot matt um, kemp was the runner up matt in kemp series. he was nice i think stanton stanton was pretty close to that year i think stanton I think when that he was year, Mike Stanton. I think so. I believe so. Yeah, um, that might have even been when they were the Florida Marlins. I think so. I think two thousand twelve so. was when they switched over. Yeah. So that too. I think Braun beat Stanton and homers by like one or two that year or something. Um, okay. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, God, it's crazy that that's how old that season ago. Like with Mike Stanton, that's what he was called. No, it's been crazy. it's been a rather long <laughs> yeah. time since then. Um. But yeah, congrats to Ryan Braun. Um, steroids aside, great career. Obviously, he probably won't get the Hall of Fame consideration that he would have because of that. But um, yeah, regardless, he had a great career. So congrats. All right, a little bit of a deep dive now for the hottest team in baseball, the Toronto <clears throat> Blue Jays. So we've talked a little bit. We talked about them last week. Um, but I, I feel like it's rightfully so to, to do it again just because they've kept it up now. And looking looking dangerous so they are 12 and 1 in the month of september at the time we're recording their second place al east they currently have the first wild card spot and i mean aside from the bullpen struggles they've been basically one of the top five teams in baseball if you're looking at run differential the only teams that are better than them is tampa bay houston san francisco and the dodgers so, I mean, they have a better run differential than three first-place teams. Um, lean the league in team OPS. Lean the league in total home runs, second bat average. So, they're clicking at the right time, man. Man, I mean, I can't believe, like, it's taken this long for us to notice how good they've been this year, but I just feel like it was because they were stuck behind Boston and the Yankees for so long because of yeah. their bullpen issues. But, um, you know... I mean, their offense is arguably the best offense in the league, OPS-wise and home run-wise it is. But, like, mm-hmm. 
dude, I mean, if you just think about their position players, like, I mean, Vladdy, Marcus Simeon, Bobichet, Guriel, and Hernandez are having like unbelievable seasons. They're all in like the top five in OPS at their own positions this year. So, I mean, yeah. obviously Vlad is an MVP candidate like we've talked about, but guess who is second in war behind Shohei Otani this year? Not Vlad. Semyon. Semyon. That was a guess. Somehow. I didn't know that. I'm yeah. I guess. I mean, that's crazy. You'd think it would be Vlad. Right. But, I mean, if you're into war, Semyon is behind Otani. I mean. Interesting. I wonder why. I don't really understand war, but I mean. To be regardless, Semyon has been fantastic this season. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely going to get the bag this year, um, this offseason. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Bobichet as your leadoff hitter is kind of ridiculous. <laughs> um, and even, like, he's taken a little bit of a step back, but he's still been really good. I mean, dude, his power numbers are just off the charts. I don't give a shit if his average takes a step back or anything like that. Like, he's still having a great year. Mm-hmm. His defense has been the issue, actually. But still, I mean – that's what you could you could deal with that, especially because you have Simeon. If you had to, you could swap them, Simeon and Bichette, position wise. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, their pitching rotation I think has been the biggest story though. Um, like you don't really picture Toronto as like to have the best pitching rotation, but like Hunjin Ryu, who's supposed to be their ace, has the highest ERA at four point one one. Out of their whole staff, he has the highest ERA. At that number. So, Barrios, since joining Toronto, has a 3.63 ERA. Robbie Ray, who's a Cy Young candidate, has a 2.69 ERA, and he leads the AL in yeah. ERA. I know strikeouts, that well. Okay. And, and, and innings pitched. So, honestly, if I was voting right now, I would give it to him. I think that Cole has a shot if he comes back, but which he is supposed to come back pretty soon. But regardless of that, I think Ray has a great shot at it. Um, Steven Matz, former Met, right now yeah. is having yeah. a great season with Toronto. He has a 3.87 ERA, his best ERA in years. God bless him. And um, <laughs> rookie Alec Manoa, who just steamrolled the Rays last night, has a 3.39 ERA over 17 starts. So he doesn't have the same amount of starts as everybody else because he came up, I believe, in May or June. But, I mean, he's having a great season, too. So, like, their pitching rotation, that five, I mean, I guess the Dodgers, maybe I would take over them in the playoffs. But, like, I would take the Blue Jays rotation over the Yankees rotation any day as of right now because we have some injuries going on and whatever else. But to have five guys and your highest ERA is 4.11 and that's your ace, I mean, that's pretty incredible, to be honest with you. So. Right, because I feel like even Ryu has been underperforming recently. So if you were to get him a little bit back to earth, right. like, they're going to be hard to beat. Yeah. Um, I mean, as of right now, do you think the Blue Jays are the front runner to have at least one of the wild card spots, if not the top wild card spot? Oh, yeah. For American wild card, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you I'm think they get the top spot? Definitely. Because, man, I got to tell you, if they get this fucking wild card game in Toronto, that's good luck to whoever's playing them. Because if it's whoever's playing them, yeah. Boston, Seattle, no matter who it is, I mean, that's going to be really tough. So, um, honestly, the way they're playing, man, I believe that they're the front runner for that top spot. Um, And I also think that if the Rays falter whatsoever, I know the Blue Jays are kind of far behind them right now, but. 
if the Blue Jays don't stop doing this and the Rays kind of have a shitty week, watch out because Toronto is rolling. Well, right. And also they're playing each other right now. They're in the middle of the series. Okay. So things could change a little bit by the time we release this. Yeah, dude. I did you see how many runs they put up in that Baltimore series? It was 44. They had the whole series. It was 44 in three games. I think what this, that last game was 22. I think Yeah. Right. They had two grand slams by the end of the third inning. And like that's three I mean, games, but like just absurd. So it's ridiculous. Like if you if you fuck up to them in the playoffs, like they're gonna absolutely destroy you. Like they don't have one bad hitter in that whole lineup, dude. Like even yeah, their worst hitter is what? Like maybe their catcher position, but like Alejandro Kirk is a kid. I was about to say, like even base, freaking like... Alejandro Kirk is having a nice season. Like no one <laughs> and, on the team can do anything wrong right now. And do you realize that like they don't even have Kevin Biggio playing. He's already Kevin Biggio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, at third base right now, they have a mix of Jake Lamb and whoever else. Like, imagine they get Biggio back before the playoffs, too. I mean, that's just – I can't even imagine because that lineup would just be deadly. Like, it is already. They have Corey Dickerson, who's been great. Um, Randall Gritchick is also having a great season. They're kind of splitting some time in center field. Yeah, and then, um, I mean, dude, it's just some special this year in Toronto, man. It's almost like we talked about too going back to Toronto really gave them a jolt playing at well, home. Well, I was I was literally just about to say that I, I we should dig up the stat on how what their record is since they moved back because it's <laughs> it, it really seems like it's given them a jolt. So yeah, um, I mean, think about it too. They've played in three places this season. They played in Dunedin, then they moved back to Buffalo. They did do Toronto. that. Yeah, that, that feels like a while ago. Um, just the fact that they've stayed in the hunt since then and, like, they've really kept playing great is unbelievable to me because I can't imagine having three home stadiums in one season. Right. Um, and last so, little bit, too, um, they had lost Kirby Yates before the season started, too, if I'm not mistaken. So right. The and then they – A huge bullpen piece for them. And then they traded for Brad Hand, and then they designated him for assignment, and now he's and now in the Mets. Yeah. So, so. Um, man, I mean, it's crazy. Like, their bullpen hasn't been terrible as of late, and they don't have Yates in hand. So, like, right. other guys are putting it together. It's it's pretty crazy, man. Toronto's doing their thing. Maybe most ent- – I, I mean, I don't know if you want to say best team in baseball, but at least most entertaining. Like, I, oh, I, I want to see this team go deep. Yeah. If they get in there, I don't see why they won't. So, Right. All right, so now we're going to jump into a little what it seems or not what it seems. So first guy I want to talk about who's having definitely his worst season ever, and it's kind of strange because he's been so good over his career, is um, Dallas Keuchel, who is on the White Sox currently. Um, so right now he has an 8-9 and nine record, a 5.33 ERA, and 5.4 strikeouts per nine which is the lowest of his career, I believe. Um, so he's never had an ERA above – he's only had an ERA above five once in 2013. That was his first full season. Um, he's never – he hasn't had a strikeout per nine below six since 2012, which was not a full season, so you don't even really count that. Or a whip mm-hmm. above 1.4 since 2013. Right now his whip is 1.45. Um, this season, too, 
he has a FIP of 5.27. So yeah. not very off from what he's doing. Um, no. I mean, it's just crazy to me because, like, since his first full season, which was 2013, he's only had two seasons where his FIP was above four, aside from this year. Um, and his average numbers from 2014 through 2020, not going to count 2013 because it kind of was a bad first year for him. Um, he had a 12 and he averaged a 12 and eight record, 3.19 ERA, 7.2 strikeouts per nine, and a 1.20 WHIP every year. So that's a solid, like six seven year span right there. Um, right. Plus, he was an All Star in 2015 and 2017. He won the AL Cy Young Award in 2015 with Houston. Um, and he's been a good starter in the postseason. He's had a 3.71 ERA and eight strikeouts per nine over 63 postseason innings with Houston, Atlanta, and the White Sox last year. So um, it's kind of interesting. I don't really get why he's just having such a bad season. Um, like, he never really was a big strikeout guy. He was always contact guy, kind of ground balls, because he throws a lot of sinkers and stuff like that. Right. Um, I don't know. It's just – last year he had a 1.99 era i get it was a shortened season but yeah he was in the cy young talks last year and then to come out this year and actually be doing this bad like the stats backing it up is kind of strange to me i don't know uh what you think about that so i'm looking right now he he's given up a career high in home runs and only 145 innings he's given up 24 so that's I mean, he, he's had seasons where he's done 200 innings and not give up, like, 20 home runs. So, that's a career high. It looks like bad average against is at least close to career high, 278. So, One yeah, thing I, I did no see, though, is that, like, his velocity hasn't changed much. Like, he's okay. always not been, like, a hard velocity guy. So, it's about the same. I mean, I guess it could maybe just be location. Like, maybe he's just missing his location for whatever reason that is. Um, because, like I said, I mean, I don't know. He's always been, like, a low-velocity ground ball type of pitcher. Like, contact, pitch to contact. Like, he never struck out a ton of guys. Even when he won the Cy Young, he didn't really strike out a ton of guys that year. Um, yeah. But, like, the White Sox are rolling, so I feel like it does kind of get overlooked, too, because of their rotation being so good. Well, yeah, that, that's, that's my thought. Like, when you get to the playoffs and you're rolling, like, Lynn, Rodon, Giolito, Giolito. like, are you going to give Keiko that fourth game? Because the thing is, is that, like, you have Keiko, who obviously has the postseason experience, too. Like I said, he's been great in the postseason, honestly. Yeah. But you also have Dylan Cease, who's that young flamethrowing kid who's actually been really good this year. So, I mean, I feel like you got to give it to Keiko but maybe have Cease ready every game Keiko goes just in case. I mean, I, I, guess. I don't know. Assuming that Keiko's going to figure it out when the time comes. Right. Because, though, like, I guess with a veteran like this, like, I don't know. It kind of reminds me of, like, other veterans who have postseason experience, like, who have won the World Series. Like, you're not just going to give up on them in the playoffs, even if they're having a bad season. Like, you got to kind of expect that he might figure it out come October just because it's like been there, done that kind of thing. I don't know, though. You could. Um, I, I mean, yeah, you could like, do that. It's not like out of the yeah. ordinary. I mean, dude, he could, he could go out there and shove in his first playoff game, and then, like, he's just going to have a great postseason, and that's going to be it, and he's going to help them win a World Series. Like, you never know. So, yeah, 
Um, um, last I don't know, though, though, too, look at the last seven games. The ERA is 824. So it's not as oh, if he's, he like ah. started off slow and is like trying to wake his way back. Like he's he's been bad the entire year. So. That's really strange, man. I really don't get it. But you know, again, I think like being the White Sox are running away with the division and everything. No one's even talking about. Yeah, it you can get away with it. Yeah. So um, come October, though, let's say he doesn't get the postseason start he wants in the first game and he blows up, then they're going to be talking about it. So uh, oh yeah, we'll see if he figures that out. Mm-hmm. Um, another guy I want to talk about is on another division leader right now, which is the Brewers. But he's probably a name you haven't heard in a little while because he's actually currently in AAA, which he was supposed to be a big part of this team. Um, I'm going to talk about Keston Hira. Remember him? Yeah. Back in 2019, I, remember, I believe. I remember in the fantasy drafts before this year seeing him, but then like that was it. I never saw him again. Right. So, and again, like he's in AAA right now. Like I said, this is just two years after having these stats in his rookie season. He hit 303, 19 homers, 49 RBIs, and a 938 OPS, nine stolen bases too, over 84 games played. So only about half a season that year because he got called up later on in the season. Okay. Um, but since the start of the shortened season, Hira has played in a total of 118 games with Milwaukee in the major league level. And he's hit 189 with 17 homers, 50 RBIs, and a 633 OPS. Um, hmm. During the shortened season, Hira also led the NL in strikeouts. Um, I mean, I believe he's also in the minors right now, I believe, due to his defense, though, because he has not been great defensively. Um, in his rookie season, he led the NL second baseman with errors, with 16 errors that year. Um so that's why he was moved to first base primarily last year and this year whenever he's been up at the big league level. Okay. Um, but listen, I mean, his swing and miss has increased a lot over the past two years. Um, since his rookie season, his whiff rate has increased from about 30% to 46% on fastballs. Um, on breaking balls, it's increased from 46% to 52%, but it's actually gone down with off-speed pitches from 46 to 34 so he's seeing changeups well, okay. or splitters and stuff, but he's obviously not seeing a fastball and a curveball or a slider very well, which is kind of strange. Um, I don't know. It's kind of odd that he would be seeing like a changeup well and not like a fastball to me. Right. I don't really understand that. Um, because again, like he was such a big part of their 2019 team, regardless of the errors or not. Like he was a big reason why they made the playoffs and stuff that year. So. Mm-hmm. I find it I find it very interesting that he's not even at the big league level right now. But no, yeah. And I guess the other thing too is like they're so deep at infield right now. I mean, Wong at second, Adamus was at short and he was hurt. Urias right. can play anywhere. Like I think at first base, usually right now they have Vogelbach, right? Or yeah, and he's been like he's been okay, I think. He's been yeah, I think he's been average. okay. Yeah. So yeah, I don't really um, I guess unless he takes the first space job back, I don't really see where he'd play. Yeah. I just find it very interesting that like, he's not even up to maybe even platoon with somebody like to even hit against lefties when vocal back hits against righties maybe or something, or even maybe try him out at third base and put Urias at short while Adamas is out. Like, I don't know who they have there right now, but it just seems like the power didn't leave 
like over the past two seasons, like he had 17 homers when he had 19 the year before, like it's over a bigger span of games, but he still had some power. Like I've, I feel like his walk rate went down a ton though, too, because his LPS went down almost 300 points. So he had to be like completely losing his walk rate. Um, yeah. I don't know though. I feel like he's a guy that like, he could still pop some homers for you. Like, even if he, even if you have him there to like pinch hit, you know what I mean? Like you have some value. Yeah. You just can't, like you know we're saying, mean? he can't shield either. So, right. I mean, I mean, yeah, I'll have to make some huge adjustments. The other thing I'm looking at baseball reference right now. Didn't they get Escobar yeah. too? Eduardo Escobar? Yes. Right. Okay. Right. That That's who's playing third. Yeah. Okay. So okay. They have Escobar. I think now that Adamas is hurt, Arias is probably playing short and Escobar right, right, right. I believe. Yeah. Okay. I forgot they got Escobar. No, <laughs> me too. A, see, you're just like, they have so many infielders that you like forget who's on the team, honestly. But still, I mean, I feel like this off season, honestly, you maybe make it a priority as a Brewers GM to like trade him to somewhere where he can DH, maybe get some, something for him because I feel like it's obvious unless he fixed a lot of stuff defensively in the minors that he can't really play second base. Maybe he was – I think he was a little bit better at first base, but he still wasn't great. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know what the what his price is right now. It's it's, it's not right. very high. But I guess if he could get something, I'm sure. An interesting team, though. I feel like there's so many so many moving right. parts here. And they're still looking nice. Like, I, I mean, the, they're not the front runner, but, like, I, I still would, like, they would be good yeah. enough to play, especially with the pitching. I was going to say, I feel like the pitching is probably the biggest reason, but like right. what what I feel like is amazing with the Brewers is that they're doing what they're doing this year and even last year. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just chunk them into one season right now. Yelich yeah. has not been the same the past two years, and Hira has barely even been at the big league level, and they're still doing what they're doing. Like, in 2019, if I would have told you that the Brewers would still be this good without either of them contributing like they used to, no one would believe me, but like it somehow is the case and they're still doing it. So they're almost like the rays of the NL. I just feel like they kind of just plug in whoever and it kind of works. Right. Because they have so many infielders, so many outfielders too. Like you forget they even have Lorenzo Cain still like he's playing good whenever he's out there. Their outfield is Yelich Cain. They also have Jackie Bradley Jr. People probably forget that too. And they have Avisayo Garcia who's having a great season. Um, I mean, they really do seem like the Rays of that league because the only difference is the starting pitching. The Rays obviously plug in a lot of bullpen guys to be like openers. The Brewers don't necessarily do that, but no. um, yeah. For my money too, I think Corbin Burns is the Cy Young in the NL. You think so? I think he's. I think he's missed a couple of starts, so his innings is kind of behind and starts. But like, yeah, start for start, I, I think he's been the best. Yeah, I mean, especially now that Degrom's been out for so long. Um, well, yeah, plus, I mean, I mean that that's a caveat, yeah. obviously. But Brandon, Brandon Woodruff though has been great too for the Brewers. He has been, uh, but I feel like Burns has been better. But again, like you got a rotation of Woodruff, Burns, and then Freddie Peralta. You're yeah, be fine in the playoffs. So, oh yeah, um, yeah. So we'll see if they call up here at all in September. Obviously, there's the expanded rosters though. I don't True. think that he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna stay this bad, man. I really don't. I feel like he's gonna figure it out at some point. Yeah. Um, whether it's with the Brewers or not remains to be seen. It might be DHing for a team next year. You never know. But um, I really think he's got the power, man. There's no way that a guy like this is just going to disappear. So I think he's going to be fine. Yeah. All right. Brief touch on the standings. 
Not much has changed, except, like we said, Toronto took the top spot. So they're up one on the Yankees. And the Yankees are have the tiebreaker over Boston because they have fewer losses. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, that would be a tough game, man. Having us have to go to fucking Toronto would be pretty crazy. But, again, good on the Jays. Um, we'll see. Right now, the Jays are eight games back in the division. So... The Rays would really have to fuck yeah, up for the Blue Jays to take it. No. But, hey, man, the Blue Jays beat the Rays last night. I think it's a four-game series. If they can win these next three, then that would be, what, five games out? Um, Could be, yeah. I mean, I don't know if they play each other after that. I'll have to look at the schedule again. But still, that would be kind of interesting. Um, right. And, hey, man, Seattle's still hanging around, too. Seattle's the still there, like I we mean, said. They're only two, two games out, behind. So. Like we talked about last week, dude, imagine the wild card is Toronto-Seattle. That would be something to have both the Yankees and the Red Sox. I mean, even have the A's miss the playoffs because they were projected to make the playoffs for a lot of people. A's were so, had that spot all season. Yeah. So And they're only, they're only two and a half out. So, like, they're not gone. Like, they could definitely get there, too. But um, Right. Yeah, I mean, now it's running out of time, though, because now we got, what, less than three weeks left, I think. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Know. Um, shifting to the NL, pretty sure this is exactly where we left off last week. I mean, obviously Dodgers first spot, Cincinnati second, half a game over San Diego, and then St. Louis is also also St. Louis is tied with San Diego now. Okay, so that's that's interesting. Game out of the spot. Yeah, Yeah. I didn't see that one coming. I I really don't. I don't know if it's just because they're not flashy. I really don't look at that team and think they're that good. Like the fact Sandy. Right, yeah, like, yeah, like in my mind, I just view San Diego so much better than them. But I, mean, I do too. Um, I mean, honestly, a guy that St. Louis has to thank for a lot of this is Adam Wainwright, dude. This dude has been unbelievable. He's forty years old. He, yeah, we're talking about Cy Young, dude. I would not. He's got to get some votes because the the season he's having at forty years old is like. I mean, did he pitch against you guys last night? I'm pretty sure he I pitched think great it was against you guys. last night. I actually have, I have no idea what his numbers are, but I mean, I could I could believe it. He's on the bounce back. Yeah, um, he had a great season last year too in the shortened season. Obviously, a lot of people could have said it was like a fluky thing because it was only ten starts or whatever it was, but obviously he's shown that's not. And I believe he's returning next year with Yachty, right? I think for I one think, more I season think that's what or said. Yeah. Um, so that'll be cool next year too. But regardless, yeah, St. Louis, like we've talked about, they're a team that'll just fucking sneak in there into that second spot. And we're going to have like a classic game, Wainwright versus Scherzer in the wild card or something. Oh you God. know what I mean? That'd be nuts. <laughs> that'd be crazy. Freaking um, eight years old again. Right. Exactly. Um, and hey, man, you guys in the Phillies are still hanging in there too. <laughs> they're hanging um, in. I mean, just. You guys are three and a half out and i think the phillies are two and a half out so yeah man i don't know what you know. to think anymore the you know the one thing i am noticing though by looking at like the two leagues here is that yeah. like 75 wins gets you the second wild card spot in the nl but 80 wins or 81 right. in boston's case gets you it in the AL. Yeah. so like the the level of competition in the al is better this year like Absolutely. there's no reason the 72 and 71 phillies should be this close no um and it's like you look at there's such a gap like there's the giants have 94 wins then the dodgers have 92 then the brewers have 89 which is close to 
Yeah. Then the next the next highest after that is the Braves with seventy six. Uh huh. So I mean that's nuts. Um, I just feel like it. I'm like, who would have thought the Padres would have seventy four wins at this point, and the, the the Giants and the Dodgers would have above ninety, like. You know, Padres were like on pace for 95 in like June or Ju- maybe July mm-hmm. too. I forget when, but I remember and, I, was, yeah. I was just randomly calculating one time. That's yeah. I mean, I mean we've, we've man, touched on them before, but as really of right now, the the Padres are 19 and a half games back in the division as of right now. Wow, and they still have a shot at the second wild card. Like that's how good the Giants have been, but. Still, uh-huh. I mean, it's also how bad the Padres have been. And like we talked about, too, the Padres have the toughest schedule uh, out of any team the remainder of the way. So uh, we'll see. I don't know. It's going to yeah. be interesting to see what happens here. I don't know how many wins is going to get that second wild card in the NL, though. Do you like I'm gonna the guess... two wild card spots? No, go ahead. What are you, you going to guess? Uh, I was just going to say, I'm going to guess that the second wild card is going to be about 84 to 86 wins in the National That's League. really not that good. No, I know. Um, what are you going to say? No, I was going to say, do you like the two wild card spots in the league? Because last year we did, what we do, four? <clears throat> um, last year was expanded. I, think I don't remember how many it was. Three. I know there were eight teams in each league that made the playoffs. So I don't exactly know how it went. Quick but. Math. Um, I mean, I like this better because I feel like it rewards the teams that have better records. Like, it doesn't reward mediocrity, I feel like. Um, but I also liked that a lot of fan bases got to see their team in October. But, like, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, I think I want to stick with this system. I mean, it, I don't want, like you said, like an 80-45 win team slipping in. But, I mean, you'll live with it because – because it's either that or like a great team in the AL misses out, so yeah, uh, it just it changes every year. Yeah, there's no predicting it, but it's just interesting because like if you look at it this year, let's say they did the eight team thing again this year. Yeah. So like the Phillies or the Mets would be in the eight spot probably, and like they would, I mean, how many wins? Let's say the Phillies, though we don't have to bash the Mets. How many wins do you think the Phillies are going to end up with? They have like 72 80, right now. Like 82, 83. 82. So that would be like the eighth yeah, place seed. With I mean, there's, like, that's just dumb. They would be a 500 team. That's basically what they would be, a 500 team. So, yeah. um, you know, I definitely like this a lot better. Um, so Oh, yeah, compared to last year, yeah. No, not even yeah. close to me. Yeah. Because, so. again, it was it was so cool last year, too, because we got to watch, like, so many games and stuff. Like, that was fun. That's true. Because there were just yeah. always a game on, but it was just not the same. So Yeah. No, agreed. Um, going back to Padres for a second, because we're talking injuries now. Um, Jake Cronenworth has a fracture on a finger in his left hand, but he's going to avoid the IL, but might miss several games. So I guess the thinking here is like, there's just no room to put him on the out. Like with, with so little time left. Yeah. He's just got to play through it. Plus because he's been such a good player for their team this year. Like he was an all-star. I mean, he's, arguably been the best player whenever Fernando Tatis hasn't been there. So, mm. uh, I mean, they're going to probably try to shove him out there. You just hope he can swing a bat because, I mean, that's um, that's tough injury when you got a hit. Yeah. And on top of that, Chris Paddock to the aisle with right elbow inflammation. Like, the team just can't catch a break. Uh, especially the rotation, I feel like, because, I mean, right. now that Snell's gotten hot, Lamed and Paddock have been hurt now. It's like, I don't even know. Darvish hasn't been great. 
So Musgrove's been the guy like we talked about. Musgrove's been very um, good. Yeah. Yeah. So so I don't know. It just yeah, injuries just suck. I, I feel like at the some point you just have to kind of put your chips in for like ne- like next year this team should be like fantastic when you get all the pieces. Yeah. Back. I but agree. This I don't know, just like a lost year it feels like. But yeah. Um Shifted to the Rays, Wander Franco to the I.L. with a hamstring strain. He's going to miss two to three weeks. So, I mean, that might have him miss some of the division series. I don't know. I, don't know. I feel Maybe like he'll close. probably be getting back, like, right as it starts. So. Right. But, I mean, yeah, I guess but obviously like, the long end, the two they, three weeks. They don't necessarily, like, need to rush him as of now. No. Unless, unless Toronto – starts really knocking on the door but um yeah yeah so. like if you're the Rays right now you have no real reason to panic yet so i would just let him rest up for the playoffs because obviously we've talked about in the past two weeks now he's a great player he's 20 years old he had that record so um which i don't know if it was still going on when he got hurt or not so we'll have to check That's that out true. at some point but yeah 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 true true, true. um yeah. a couple others garrett cole expect expected to start today so at right. this time we release, it'll be yesterday, but he yeah. will be back. So crisis averted. I know when he went down. It was yeah, that was uh, that yeah, was pretty pretty scared there, but it looks like he's going to be coming back today. So yeah, and lastly, Tim Anderson expect to be activated before today's game against the Angels. So who's for the White Sox? Yeah, I believe Anderson's been out since the end of August, so this will be a boost for them, obviously. So um, yeah, yeah. And then what series are you looking forward to this week? Um, well, honestly, the series I'm looking forward to is Phillies at the Mets Friday through Sunday. Um, honestly, I feel like whoever, if if any if anyone sweeps the series, I feel like the team that gets swept is done. Um, which may necessarily not be the case, but I feel like there's a good shot, but it's also a good shot that it's not a sweep. So I feel like this is big for you guys because you're playing at home and you got to win at least two against the Phillies because of how easy their schedule is going to be. Yeah. But they haven't played good against the bad teams. So I don't know. Um, um, I think Wheeler is going Friday. So okay. I just – well, oh my God, that, was that, just... that always sucks for you guys because he seems to pitch really well against the Mets. Yeah, no, he really does. Place. Yeah, he likes playing <laughs> So Yeah, especially at one. City Field. Yeah. yeah. Um, I got um, Padres at Cardinals Friday through Sunday. Because okay. I feel like, like kind of like what you're saying, like for this yeah. series, it's just going to kind of decide that wild card spot or come close right. to it. I mean, yeah. at the time we're recording, they're tied right now at 74 and 69. So, and then there's just the Reds sitting there, like waiting to see what's gonna happen. <laughs> the Man. Reds have to. I, they've just been sitting at the same spot. Like they're not, they're yeah. just not going running away with it. Like they made no progress. I don't know, yeah, man. I mean, they gotta hope that these teams just beat up on each other when they play each other, and the Reds win because that yeah. would be kind of changing there. Um, yeah, those are both interesting series. They're definitely gonna tell us a lot about what's gonna happen with the NL wild card for sure. Oh yeah, and then give me uh give me stat of the week. What do you got? Okay, well this stat's kind of sucks for Indians fans, but we got to say it. Um, so on Saturday the Indians got no hit for the third time this season. Yeah, first time that's ever happened, ever. So um, 
Corbin Burns won eight innings, one walk, 14 strikeouts. Like we talked about, he's been a stud. And then Josh Hader closed out the game, inning pitch, two strikeouts, no walks. Um, not really much to say there. It's just the first time a team's been no hit three times. That's uh, wow. not a good stat to have. But I think they're not that bad a team. Like like with Ramirez and Reyes, Rosario. Like, you know what I mean? I mean they're uh, not like the – if you told me like the Tigers <laughs> or the Orioles got no hit three times this season, I feel like i believe that more. I don't know. Right. I mean, I, I just too, can't imagine – I'm curious how many yeah. pitches Burns was at. Like, why? Why? Yeah, he must have been. I was high. interested in that too. I feel like he had to have been high, or else uh, Council, I don't think, would have taken him out. So. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, good outing by Burns, though. Obviously, he's knocking on the door for that Cy Young. Eight innings pitched, fourteen oh, strikeouts, yeah. no runs. So. Um, yeah, I this, mean, I think. Did this also set the record for no hitters in a season? Right. I believe. The one before this did. Oh, it might have been Gilbert? this one. Okay. I don't remember though, honestly. It might have been this one. Well, to check um, it. Yeah. Yeah, but um, who knows how many more we'll have this year? Hopefully, the Indians don't get no hit for a fourth time though, because that would be brutal. No, hopefully not. It's been a bad enough season. Yeah. But <laughs> that wraps it up for us. We'll be back next week. Take care. Take care. All right, guys. Enjoy the weekend. <laughs>